You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, for the Bucks, that's it. That it's it's that's it. You've done your job. You got Giannis to stay. Like that's everything. It's the biggest story in the NBA. You got a star to commit to a small market. Ladies and germs, this is the Business of Sports podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Andrew Brandt, live and in color, coming to you with producer Jack Connell, musical producer of that music you hear under us, my son, Sam Brandt. We are presented, as always, by the good people at DraftKings. Hope you're having a great week. We are at a unique time in sports, and you know what that means, a unique time in the business of sports. So this Brandt's Rants edition we'll talk about the coming end of baseball, the beginning of basketball, and the ongoing time in the NFL with the trade deadline approaching. Also, we'll get into a little European soccer. Uh, a lot of a lot of things to go on this week. It's an interesting Brant's Rants. It's something I usually spend a lot of time on NFL stuff. Not so much this week. Let's talk about it all. And I remind you, if you like the podcast, you're welcome to support it. My Venmo is andrew brant 20 you're welcome to give us any reviews, any ratings you can on all the Apple podcasts, wherever you find it. Share it with a friend, share it with your family, your students, if you have them, and any friends that want to listen in. I hope to make it a unique podcast. All right, let's start with the NBA. Recording this on Wednesday, October 25th. Technically, it started last night. There's more starts tonight. There's more starts tomorrow night. It's kind of a... Uh, uh, shotgun start for different times, different teams. And so last night was Nuggets and, and Lakers and Suns and Warriors. And now we get Celtics tonight. We get Sixers tomorrow night against the Bucks. So a lot's going on. I want to talk about a few things with the NBA off the court. Number one, the biggest revenue source for any sport is obviously the media deals. And we are colored by the fact that the media deals in the NFL have been over the moon, uh, $110 billion over the next 10 years kicked in last year, a combination of streaming and network and cable, streaming Amazon, network, ABC, I'm sorry, yeah, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, and of course, cable, ESPN. And listen, the NBA's deals don't expire till 2025, but I would expect a deal. So in other words, I would expect we are on the last year of the existing media deals in the NBA. ESPN and TNT are, of course, the partners. They're paying a bunch of money, but that money is going to go through the roof. Not because there's anything special going on or anything new in the NBA other than the continued growth and expansion and prosperity of it and the great stars, but it's time. I mean, the sports programming is such a must-have for, again, for networks, for cable, ESPN, I mean, and for streaming. This is where we are. So, listen, there have been projections as high as $75 billion in the next round of media deals for the NBA, which would make it kind of in the same ballpark even 
three quarters of which that the NFL has, which would be astounding. That's pretty pie in the sky. I would think it'd be more like 50 billion, which again, think about that number, $50 billion in media revenue. I think at the end of the day, we're going to come out with a deal that looks a lot like the NFL deals. And I think that's going to happen in, say, February or March. Now there's an exclusive negotiating period between the two existing partners, ESPN and TNT. Now, that hasn't started yet, but that's coming up. So at the end of the day, I think we're going to have a mix like we have had. And this is the future of broadcast for the big sports, a combination of legacy networks I think NBC is getting involved. NBC was involved with the, with the NBA years ago when I was getting into bat in the NBA. And I think we'll have the continuing partners on cable, ESPN and TNT, at some level. And then the more interesting and most interesting part is the streaming part. Amazon has hinted through reports that they're interested in doing what they've done in the NFL, having a night. It's not going to be Thursday night, at least in the fall, but having a night where they are the exclusive provider of the NBA and they're going to pay, or I think they will pay, extremely handsomely for that right. Maybe it's Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Friday nights, Saturday nights, excuse me, Amazon only. So look for that to come out of this deal. Apple is supposedly interested. What about Google? What about Facebook? Meta? What about Yahoo? They're all on the table because the NBA is international. The NBA has such a young audience. The NBA is hot. It's titillating. And when you have stars like you have that make these exhilarating plays, people tune in. It's extremely good on social. That's where we are. So I think at the end of the day, the NBA, which kicks off this week, is in the last year of these media deals. And the new deal is going to be massive. I'm guessing between 50 and 75 billion total with a mix of TNT, ESPN, maybe NBC, and definitely some combination of Amazon, Apple, Google, etc. Netflix even could be. We'll see. But the NBA is in good stead right now, and I think they're going to have a field day with these networks. As the NBA kicks off a couple other things, jersey sponsor deals. I noted that couple this week, uh, Washington Wizards haven't had a jersey sponsor in a couple of years. It was Maryland-based Geico Insurance that expired. They haven't had one since 21, and lo and behold, they have one now. It's the Robin Hood app, upper corner of their right jersey uh, area by the chest, and that's what it's going to be, Robin Hood. Now, this is not only on the court for the players on the Wizards, but online and their retail store is going to have the Robin Hood app. What about the Knicks? The Knicks deal ran out a couple years ago with Squarespace. Well, the Knicks have just inked a deal with something that their owner already owns. Charles Dolan owns the Knicks. Charles Dolan owns the Sphere, that incredible Las Vegas immersive place shaped like a basketball. That has been all the rage since it opened, U2 being in residence, the incredible visionary experience that we've seen on, on highlights in social media. Well, the Sphere is going to be the jersey sponsor for the New York Knicks. The Sphere, owned by Charles Dolan, who owns the Knicks. So whatever transaction's going on there, it's between the same owner. Which brings me to the Miami Heat. 
because their jersey sponsor is Carnival Cruise. Guess who owns that? Mickey Harrison. Guess what else he owns? The Miami Heat. So the jersey sponsor thing is real, and it's happening. Now, we're not talking about massive amounts of money, but I think on the high end, you get about $45 million a year. Rakuten with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, these teams are looking for up to $30 million a year that I talked about. Um, Weeble with the with the Nets is another big one, and Badogo, if I'm getting that right, with the Lakers, a Korean uh, grocery re- grocery business. So, you know, there's people getting involved. This is kind of the new naming rights. And let's talk more generally about this. So Jersey sponsors. Now, European soccer, international soccer, we know that Jersey sponsors are emblazoned all over the front of the Jersey. It's a massive revenue source and it what real estate that is right on the front of the jersey especially with these big time teams like man city like man u like arsenal like liverpool like chelsea etc now they have really they have restricted a little bit no gambling companies anymore that's been something new out of the uk but it's never been american sports you know the when i was at the nfl they said we never want to be nascar with all the ads over their jerseys over their uniform whatever that nascar uniform is called i think it's coming you know i think it's coming just like i say a lot of these things i said saudi money is coming we've already seen that after golf um i think it's coming i think jersey sponsorship is coming to american sports And so we have the hints of it, the jersey patch in the NBA and the NHL. We saw the Arizona Diamondbacks, which I'll get to in a minute, that whatever that is, AVD or AVP on their jersey last night and throughout the series and now in the World Series. And the NFL, even the NFL, I predict, maybe no time soon, will have that. The NFL now has training camp jerseys sponsored. Again, what we're talking about in other leagues during training camp, the NFL has given into that. It's eventually going to give in to space on the jersey, as the NBA and NHL and baseball have. And I think eventually all these leagues, maybe not in our lifetimes, but they'll have emblazoned jersey sponsor across the front of their jerseys, big time, not these little patches. My prediction, because the revenue, you know, you know what happens in sports, and this is what I talk about. This is the business of sports. Everybody's looking for more revenue. Everybody's looking under every nook and cranny for more revenue. Uh, And that's what we have. The last thing I'll talk about with the NBA as they kick off on the media side again, these docuseries. We just talked about Netflix. They're making, and last week we talked about the Netflix Cup where they're uh, pairing F1 drivers and, and PGA Tour golfers before the F1 event in Vegas next week or next month. This is coming to basketball. Uh, LeBron's partnering with some people and Obama's are involved in this. Basically to create a, you know, what we talk about in the NFL, the quarterback, where the Peyton Manning Omaha Productions did that, where they had Mariota and Mahomes and Cousins last year and supposedly having trouble finding quarterbacks this year. They may move to other positions. But anyway, that's coming in the NBA. It sounds like. LeBron is going to be recruiting people to follow throughout the year through Obama's production company. We'll see where that goes. Is America going to get burned out on these docuseries? Perhaps, but not now. We're scooping it up. I mean, we're eating it up. Yeah, these docuseries are big. 
America loves it. We love these docuseries. And I think it'll do great in the NBA because there's a lot more games, a lot more content than an NFL season, an NFL quarterback. Okay, that's the NBA, but I'm not going to leave the NBA. I want to talk about the biggest, if not second or third biggest star in the NBA, re-upping. Giannis Antetokounmpo is staying in Milwaukee. Now, there's a lot of noise out there before, even from respected media sources at big-time networks, that, oh, maybe, New York, L.A., Miami, whatever it's going to be, he's made some comments about winning as if they weren't winning. I'm like, no, he's staying. They got rid of Drew. No, they got Lillard. He's staying. He signs a three-year extension worth 62 a year, 186. And he's staying. You have to understand, as someone like me that teaches sports law and that has seen the comments from ownership over recent years, not recent years, since the 1950s, that if we allow any kind of free agency in sports, if we allow players' rights to move, Everyone's going to go to the big markets. Everyone's going to Miami, L.A., any other Florida Sunsplash locations and build these super teams. And, of course, we've dealt with super teams in the NBA. No one's going to go to places like Milwaukee, Wisconsin is really the inverse of that statement. Here we go. Giannis is staying. He's committing to the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Milwaukee Bucks in a maybe the smallest market in the NBA, if not Oklahoma City, have the two highest paid players in the league coming up, two $60 million players in Lillard and Giannis at a small market. So this is the magic of revenue sharing in the salary cap. You know, before my time in Green Bay, free agency started, and guess what? The biggest free agent, the first free agent, the biggest name in free agency, maybe still to this day in the NFL, Reggie White, coming from the Eagles, could have picked any team in the league, any team. He went to Green Bay, Wisconsin, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And now Giannis, the biggest name in the sport, could go anywhere he wants in a year to stop out of his contract. People would give him maximum wherever he went. He's staying through the through the prime of his career through 2027. I think he's got a player option after that, but staying through 2027 in this day and age with the NBA stars, that's a, that's a lifetime. So Giannis is staying, and by the way, the Bucks valuation, the Haslam's owners, the Cleveland Browns, have bought Mark Lassery's share in the team. That valuation is up to three point five billion dollars. Now I know the Suns went for four billion, but think about that. I mean, these are NFL prices for a league that has maybe ten billion in revenue compared to the NFL with eighteen, nineteen, some would say twenty billion in revenue. Wow. Giannis is staying. I mean, I just think it's a great thing for Wisconsin, for Milwaukee, for small markets. The NBA has to love it because, I mean, for the Bucks, that's it. That it's it's that's it. You've done your job. You got Giannis to stay. Like that's everything. It's the biggest story in the NBA. You got a star to commit to a small market. Never happens, right? Durant left. OKC, Westbrook left, OKC, uh, pick another city. I mean, doesn't it doesn't have, you don't get them staying in small markets. I mean, you look where everyone is. 
the Durant and Kyrie went to Brooklyn. Durant went to Golden State. Uh, LeBron went to Miami, back to Cleveland, only because he's a hometown guy. Uh, but he left Cleveland for L.A. So here we are. Giannis is staying. Applause. And by the way, the number, you know, this was the summer of the NFL quarterback, at least for extension years, broke the 50 million mark. First Hertz and then Jackson and then Herbert and then Burrow. But NBA has trumped that. Two guys, and there will be more. <clears throat> Jalen, um, yeah, uh, there will be more. There will be more. Jalen Brown, when his extension kicks in in a couple of years, 60 million numbers, like 60 million a year. It's only going to go up, of course, for the superstars. That's where we are. And think about that. You know, when you have a cap of going to be about 150 soon in the NF in the NBA, and you're really only paying a few guys, you know, say half the roster comes in for 20 million. So then you have 130 million for six, seven guys, you know? So it's going to be interesting, you know, um, Giannis, the Bucks. Everyone's talking about the sick. Uh, everyone's talking about the Bucks and the Celtics. As you know, I'm a Sixers fan. Even with the dysfunction of James Harden, whether he plays or doesn't play, I'm I'm riding with them. Okay. Speaking of Philadelphia teams, it didn't go so well last night. Uh, I, I'm not a Phillies fan, but I know a lot of them. They're in mourning today. They're very just frustrated with the, these bashers that we've noted throughout the playoffs. I certainly noted that. When you get Schwarber and Castellanos and Raumuto, of course, Bryce Harper, they're just bombing away. And then it stopped. Game six and seven, it stopped. It reminded me of the Sixers game six and seven against the Celtics last year. They were bombing away. Harden won two games on his own. Like, what's going on here? Phillies are out. Number four payroll in the league. Again, we talk about the business side of this. Paying two guys $300 million in Turner and Harper, gone. It's frustrating. You know, again, this is the Dodgers discussion we had last week, or the Braves, or the Orioles. Are you happy? Well, you want to win it all, but are you happy with the season? You know, it seems like even harder for Philly fans to be happy. Yeah, they had a great season. They made the Final Four, but ah, team they should have beaten, a team they had on the ropes, wow, at home. Now, who's there? Well, it's Texas Rangers and Arizona. People can poo-poo that and say people aren't going to watch because it's not a big East Coast team or not a big West Coast team. Whatever it is, it's the World Series. It's like the Super Bowl, and you can poo-poo the teams, but it's the Super Bowl. You can poo-poo the teams. It's the World Series. Now, the World Series ratings are not what the Super Bowl is, but I think they'll be fine. Texas has a pretty good payroll. They're ninth in the league at about $196 million. So again, we're talking about a high payroll team in the World Series. Let's not let's be clear about that. Texas is not some low-revenue, low-paying team. The other team is uh, Arizona comes in at about $116 million, which one ranking I saw had them 27th out of 30 teams. Let's think about that. 27th out of 30 teams are in the World Series. I don't follow baseball that closely. I'm watching this team the last few days. The only one I heard of before the last few days is Evan Lagoria, who I remember in the World Series against the Phillies in 2008. How about that? 
And here he is 15 years later. Wow. On whatever number team he is. So when we look at teams in the World Series, we're always looking at a no-cap league, you know, where there's no salary cap. What does that mean? Can you sustain success at a low level of payroll? That's the question we always have. You know, we'll see if Arizona can sustain this. But again, low payroll team in the World Series. And that no cap brings segues really nicely to a story I saw about the Premier League. Yes, the English Premier League is talking about a salary cap. There's a couple reports out there that the English Premier League is considering a salary cap. Now, there is the UEFA fair play, and there's all kinds of ideas. You spend 70% of revenues, 80% of revenues, 90% of revenues. The problem with that is some teams have vastly superior revenues than others. A team like Man U is going to have, I don't know, hundreds of millions of revenue. A team like Luton is going to have 50, 70 million of revenue. So that kind of cap won't work. But can you institute a cap? Again, like baseball, you're going to have these wide disparities. You do have these wide disparities in English Premier League soccer, where payroll differences can be 200, 300, 400 million dollars. Oh my God, how do you compete? And again, this is why there's discussions about a cap. It's an interesting concept. Again, I think with baseball, players would be served to at least consider a cap because, as I talk about with a cap, the floor rather than the ceiling right? The floor rather than the ceiling. Players would like that. So you don't have the Oaklands able to pay 50, 60 million to a payroll compared to teams paying 300 million. But again, the player association view has always been, we don't want to restrict the high paying teams. We'd rather not bump up the low paying teams than restrict the high paying teams. And I guess it all works out. You're going to get teams like the Mets paying two pitchers $43 million, where you have teams like the A's don't pay half their roster, or all their roster, nearly $43 million. That's where we are. But a lot of people ask why we don't have a cap in baseball. It's just the negotiating strategy. They got in without a cap, and they're not going to get one now. All these other leagues, they got a cap. They're not going to get rid of it now. You're much better off negotiating what you have and improving upon it than trying to get something new, especially when it's been locked in in baseball since the beginning of time. Okay. I do have to make <laughs> one football rant, and it's about a guy, as I record this in suburban Philadelphia, that's probably on his way home to a house that's a couple blocks away. Howie Roseman's done it again. He trades a fifth and a six-round pick in Terrell Edmonds to the Titans, for all pro safety, the one need this Eagles had, Kevin Bayard. Uh, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how these GMs don't just run when he calls. He is known for taking advantage of other GMs. He did it again. And I think he made the most imposing team in the NFL, as we saw Sunday night against the Dolphins, even more imposing. Um, I predicted the Eagles to win the Super Bowl the last two years. Obviously, they didn't last year. They got close in the final game. I predicted them to win again this year. They are as complete a team as I've seen in a long time, where they can beat you so many different ways. They can beat you with bully ball, and they can beat you in the air with A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard and Devonta Smith and throwing out to Swift. And, of course, their defensive line is a terror. Uh, they just keep loading bodies on that. So 
they really exposed the Dolphins, you know, the whole thing about steak versus sizzle. Steak over sizzle the other night. So anyway, I think Roseman has made them stronger. We've got the trade deadline next week. I think there'll be some trades like this where teams realize that guy, they're not good. That guy's on his way out anyway. Get what they can, and that's what the Titans did. Again, these are low-round picks. This is a safety that wasn't being used that much or didn't what didn't figure in the future. And for, for all that, they got Kevin Byard, who's a strong, imposing safety. How he does it again, and I would say this, I've written articles on this. He gives the Eagles competitive advantage, and it shouldn't be that easy because these are $6 billion businesses now. To have the person negotiating such important things as trades and draft picks and even contract negotiations not come from a business financial background, to me, is malpractice. And a lot of teams have that and how he takes advantage of that. In other words, the GM of several teams is not a person that should be running a $6 billion asset. The GM of many teams is just someone that should be picking players. They come from college scouting backgrounds or even pro scouting backgrounds. And that's great. Do that. But don't be the person negotiating trades with people like Howie Roseman. Don't be the person negotiating contracts with savvy and smart agents, even though the teams always have leverage in this deal. I don't get it. We're in 2023. Howie is using this. It's an inefficiency the Eagles have jumped on and pounced on that you still have people negotiating trades and, and these kind of things who are, quote, football people, who had come from a background of standing on a sideline with their arms crossed, watching players. That's not the background to negotiate these things. That's the background to figure out if a player's good or not, <laughs> or, or draft. I mean, come on. So again, the Eagles and Howie Roseman are taking advantage of this inefficiency in pro sports, pro football, maybe not in other sports. And I just had to remark on that. Okay, all this coming in my newsletter uh, as well, andrew-brandt.com. Sports Business League, we're meeting tonight, every night on Wednesday. sbl.com, sportsbusinessleague.com. Instagram, I'll do these reels at uh, Andrew Brandt 2 of course, Twitter, Andrew Brandt and Sports Illustrated columns, wherever you want to find me, you can find me. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope it's unique for you as it is for so many that leave nice comments. I try to go behind the scenes, let others break the news, and I'll tell you what's really in the news behind those news, behind those breaking news. All right. Thanks to Jack Connell, my producer, Sam Brandt. Hope you enjoy his music. He's got new tunes out. Go to at Boy Blue Tunes on Spotify. Have a great week, everyone. I'll talk to you next week on the business of sports with Andrew Brandt.